Um, hello, everyone. So this is the uh, Afterburn podcast, episode one. It's just uh, me, who is a SSL Rocket League player in Summon Blink, and we all just really, you know, enjoy the game. We're all high-level players, and we're just going to talk about the RL scene and everything, uh, the drama and all that uh, comes with it. We're going to start primarily to NA, and uh, that's kind of like a bit of the synopsis of the podcast. And if you guys want to maybe introduce yourselves and say hi to. Insomni, you can go first. Cool. So uh, I'm Insomnix. People call me Insom for short. Used to be on the A team for University of Waterloo of Rocket Week team. So, you know, now we're just excited to talk about the esports scene and hope to give you guys some interesting content. Yeah. Um, so, about Insom, I'm Blake. We all met actually from UW. Um, I'm kind of retired. I haven't played the game for like six months. I mean, we're all kind of retired, to be honest. We're all uh, retired, but we still watch. We still watch. Yeah, yeah, we still watch. I've been watching esports. And I, I actually picked up the game. I played it in 2015, I think, uh, with my friends when I was like free on PlayStation. So I've been playing a while. I played against KDOP once. That was my biggest achievement in 1v1 tournament. Got the kind of close. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, what else? Yeah, I don't know. Like, just. Don't really play the game much more, but I've been watching a lot over the last couple of years. And uh, my highest rank was like GC3, maybe, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had this since all because I haven't had the time to play or well, the motivation, I guess. So now I just watch the eSport. Yeah, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the uh, the event that just ended uh, at the time of this recording. It's the, uh, the NA Fall Cup. And um, yeah, so V1 took the dub. Do we have any uh, thoughts on that at all? Congratulations yeah. to version one. Beast mode with the game seven OT. <laughs> OT yeah, Beast mode's crazy. That's some good stuff. So what are your thoughts on V1's performance? I'll be honest. I was surprised V1 won. I don't think uh, anyone would have had them as we're winning at uh, the whole thing coming into it. But uh, you can never really doubt Beast mode, I guess, from this is the biggest takeaway to have. I mean, he's probably the best player in the world. And, uh, you know, comms, I think, a little underrated, too. He had, uh, what was it, 20 demos against NRG in the one game. So that was uh, that was great to see. And then it's also good. I mean, Gen G has now made two finals in a row for the uh, NA after being uh, imported from Europe. So it's uh, interesting yeah. to see them do as well as they have been as well. Yeah, yeah Abjack and Chronic are crazy, right? right? Sorry, go ahead and some. But yeah, Abjack and Chronic are just crazy together. And I think Abjack's only 150 hours past two. Um, he's like he's looking like as good as he did like last year fall in terms of like peak uh, relative to his career, right? And like with the addition of Chronic, those two together is like nasty on offense. And Noli's really good on like adapting to the defensive role. Yeah, so what I wanted to thing? talk about was the stats here. So... Uh, you know, being part of the pick stop team, I do have access to some of these numbers, and <laughs> I'm looking at the this pickums data for people's predictions to win this regional. We had Phase at 48%, Furia at 31%, SSG 8%. The percentage of people picking V1, 3%. 3% of several hundred people thought that version one would win it all. So this was yeah. not an expected result for them. They did look good, like in the first regional, right? Like they didn't look that good. Like Beastro doesn't look. I, like I always thought, like if I mean it's kind of obvious, but if Beastro is not playing well, they're just not gonna win, to be honest. Like Tormenta Com, they struggle. Yeah, Tormenta Com don't have like the wow factor on offense to really push through a lot of defenses just on by themselves, right? They need Beast Mode to be popping off to win. 
And like that's my biggest concern for that team to be honest is just that. Yeah, I also think like regionally they do a lot better. Also looking back at like last season and like they won a couple of the uh, events last season as well. But then internationally, I think is where the kind of like beast mode doing well or not, you really start to see the struggle of the team when he doesn't perform as well when they're playing like the best of the best competition from every region. Because like I mean, international last year they always like peaked out at like what was it top four, top six, and then they'd always like consistently lose even if they look good in the tournament like day one or two. So. I'm glad they won uh, regionally, but it also makes me hold my breath for NA internationally, maybe in the future, if uh, V1's the one winning all the regionals again. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, we'll see. I think after this major coming up fall, if V1 and maybe another team in NA or just like V1 and like another team that didn't even make the major, uh, we might see some roster swaps with particularly their like tournament maybe on the team uh even though like defensively he's he's really great um i just don't know for sure if we're gonna see that team stick together for the whole season like that would be one of my teams that i think would probably make a change as well as energy those are the top like two teams i think would probably make changes this season from na yeah any team that's been together for like over a year is definitely more prone to making a change generally Especially if yeah, especially when they're or doing exactly. as well. Yeah, especially when they're not doing as well. It affects the mental. And then we've seen it from a lot of pros during the interviews. When they're not having particularly good results with the team they've been together for, it affects their mental. They start toting at each other. So that kind of prompts a lot of roster moves. So what did you guys think about the other results in this regional? For example, NRG with a 4-3 over Optic. G2 not even making it to the playoffs. <laughs> going two and three in the Swiss stage. What are your thoughts on that? I'll say, I think, I know there was a whole Twitter craze of people like calling out the Swiss format and people wanting it changed just because G2 didn't make top eight. But like, let's just be real. I mean, the Swiss format is going to give the teams the most chances to prove that they're there. If they can't beat the top eight teams, then G2 just wasn't like a top eight team that regional. I mean, I, I'm not worried for them overall. I think they'll bounce back fine, but. People blaming the uh, format's a little bit of copium there for why G2 wasn't top eight. I'm a little surprised, but I think they'll be fine overall. It's just a little bit of a hiccup on one of the days. Yeah, I mean, you just got, they ran into Hot Chronic, right? So just rip. G, I mean, they had three chances, right? It's kind of funny, too, because they're literally one goal away in, um, I guess, Furia in the like, OT. <laughs> they couldn't win. And then they also went to game five with SSG, like, only one goal gave difference in that final. Game five as well, then they just like spiral down. I don't know. Maybe it could be something with their bet though, too, in my opinion, because we saw them get double reverse swept at uh, London Major last year, right? Like they couldn't recover after they start losing. Might be something they might need to work on. Uh, I don't know how exactly fix, fix mental issues like that, but you know, if Especially they keep having you'd problems, think like that, that G2 too. would be one of the teams with the best mentals. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They definitely have the best teamwork. That's or at least up there with the best teamwork because uh, their passing plays and like the way they break down their uh, opponents' defense like together as a team is really impressive. Yeah, as far as energy goes, I'm a little surprised they got top four. I won't lie; I thought they'd be kind of like a top eight, maybe just outside the top eight team. But they uh, they looked better, and I mean, I'm not a huge supporter of energy. I don't. I think they should make a roster change, but at least it was good to see them making comeback for the energy fans and you know I'll give them credit that they found a way to get top four now they have a much better shot at making the uh, major 
in uh, Rotterdam. So kudos to them for doing it. Yeah, I'm, for I'm... a big improvement over last regional where they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, so the top four is definitely uh, a welcome result for them. Do you think their Game 7 OT winner over Optic Gaming, was that a fluke or was that purely... Let's, uh, and we'll bring this on to the next topic, an improvement thanks to their new coach. <laughs> I've, I honestly don't think it has anything to do with the, the actual coach themselves. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more just they had a change, and when you have a certain change, it just kind of motivates you in a certain way. Um, any type of change, almost like it's as long as it's a lateral change. I don't think like I'm sure Epic Johnny is like roughly as good as is, because like they're both. Like, I don't think either one is like an exceptional coach, probably at least compared to like Chrome or like maybe in Fireburner or like uh, some of the more um, experienced, experienced and more. Um, I don't know. I think probably effective coaches out there, but uh, I definitely think that I do think you know they just had more motivation. You could kind of see it on the on the their gameplay too. They're playing a lot more aggressive. Like they went the even though they only got four one by version one, they looked like pretty good losing in that series. Like they were very close in a lot of those games. Um, so I think it's a lot to do with just motivation of the change. To be honest, yeah, in my opinion. I think stylistically they just match up good against Optic compared to like other teams in the top eight. So I'm not shocked that they, uh, I think that was like one of the matchups they would want to get of all the teams they could have got in the top eight. So it went to game seven and it was like super close OT. So it could have won either way in it, but uh, they did end up clutching up. So I got to give them credit for there. As far as the, uh, yeah, the coach goes, I'm not really sure about why they'd remove Sizz for Epic Johnny as a coach. I mean, I definitely think energy needed to change in general. So I like to see that they did remove, you know, Sizz's coach and try to get a new one, but as far as, like, getting Epic Johnny goes, to me, that just seems like kind of like a friends league move. I mean, it's no, like, secret. Justin, one of Justin's best friends is Epic Johnny, right? Because they've... I think Squishy's you know, close with them too, right? Squishy's close with them too, because, uh, you know, Justin came up with Epic Johnny on that, like, True Style team, whatever they were called. In out, of style. Yeah. out of style. Out of style with the Chino, and they were, uh, I think they were made good friends. But, yeah, Epic Johnny's a bit of a question mark, because he kind of quit the game completely. And he, like, didn't play, didn't play CRL at U of T at all. Like, didn't play anything, didn't seem to like the game at all from, like, things from, like, teammates who is, like, at U of T and talked to him and stuff. So I don't really know why they got him as a coach other than it being, like, a friend move for just, like, a good thing. Oh, here you go, have some money as a coach of energy. But maybe they'll shed some, shed some light one day on why they did it. But just from, like, a fan perspective, looking outside in, it's kind of hard to justify that move for Epic Johnny when, like, why would you pick up someone who's washed, no longer has any desire to play the game as a coach? But it doesn't make sense. Yeah, what are the options that they have for coaches is what I'm curious about. Um, like, I don't know how many coaches there are out there right now that are looking for um, opportunities to coach teams and that actually have the experience that would actually elevate energy. I think that's one of the issues as well. But, I mean, there's Gregan, but, I mean, he's kind of he like a... Yeah, I guess he would, right? But I don't know. He stays up pretty late sometimes to watch a day itself. So. <laughs> <laughs> or you can <laughs> just ruin do... your sleep schedule completely. That yeah, I'm sure most most of the coaching could probably. Uh, actually, no. Yeah, you probably have to because they have scrims pretty late at night sometimes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that would. Yeah, you probably have to move regions. That's a good point, though. I think the Rock League's still kind of like in a weird phase where like not enough pros that have retired want to coach yeah that would be good like if you talk about like other options they could have got like i think Kronobi would have been a better coach than like 
Epic Johnny personally, who's like someone who's just kind of on the analyst desk. He's always had like a good mind for the game and actually seemed like he you know wanted to keep doing content for the game on like Epic Johnny when he retired and you know wasn't seen for three years until this. Um, I think you could look for like maybe maybe any ex pro or someone who's like a good mind for the game. So like Cronovia is the first one that pops to mind for like another guy you could have maybe got to coach if you wanted to or not. I mean that's another question, but yeah, it's tough. There's definitely I think more players out there that that could do it. Whether it's like I don't know where a corrupted Gabe is, but he, you know, it's NRG. You could take him from a team if he's on a lower <laughs> team, right? You gotta have the money to pay for a coach. So I think there was other options out there they could have maybe done those better than yeah, that. It really depends on what they're looking for in a coach. Are they trying to improve the mental? Are they trying to improve their in-game decision making? I'm not really sure what they wanted to achieve by replacing Sis with Epic Johnny. Yeah. So, well. I saw a Twitch clip of, um, I don't know if you guys, or a YouTube clip of uh, Energy, or Energy Justin just mentioned, like, he just wants to improve at the game, right? Um, but the coach, I feel like, I don't know how, how easy it is to do that as a coach to help your players actually improve their own skills. But I think maybe what Justin also just means in, in general is improve as a team. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough thing to really fault them. I mean, it's, it's tough to say exactly if they, if they were in the wrong to pick Epic Jotty, but um, I think just in general, they just wanted to change, which is why they went with a different coach, right? I don't think they were really looking into it that deeply. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how they do next regional, right? Because they did yeah. top four. They looked pretty good. Maybe if they played slightly better, they actually could have made it to the finals and, and won, but are they back is the real question. <laughs> <laughs> also, also say, I don't know if you guys watched Sizz's video, but he made a video on like the whole... Uh coaching kind of change and yeah. whatnot and uh yeah, he kind of alluded like that was the most like i guess insight we got and he kind of alluded that they didn't have anything wrong with scissors coaching or what they told them apparently or garrett said he didn't have any issue with scissors coaching it was just the players felt like they wanted a change and i guess they didn't feel like they wanted to do a player change or i guess you can't really do a player change at this time of the season so it had to be if they were going to do any change be a coach change so it was just kind of like i guess they just felt like they wanted something new and I don't know why you'd go to Epic Johnny for something new when he's obviously, you know, a close friend and something old, but I guess... I mean, it's still relatively early in the season, right? It'd be great, honestly, to have more coaches come out like Sizz and actually talk about what they did, though. Because it was cool to see from his perspective saying that he admitted early on he didn't do much as a coach other than mental, but then, like, later on he evolved into a coach that actually took, like, notes for each team and, like, was really working hard on, like, replay reviews and all that to make sure that the team could be, like, as good as possible. But it, it would be nice to see if maybe some of the coaches, like, revealed more on what they actually did for teams. So it would be easier for, like, people in the community to value if the coaches I think that's a not. good point because a lot of people in the community, they, there's still, if you look at Reddit, there's people who are asking, what do coaches even do? They, they don't know what coaches do, so they couldn't possibly respect what coaches do because they don't even know. And it seems from the general opinion that People thought Sis was purely just a mental, a mental coach. Yeah. Like he was there behind well, the cheering right? when he scored. <laughs> yeah. That's as much as people from the community thought that he did. So this was really good to see from uh, his video explaining mm -hmm. the things he did to improve energy. I think Rock League's also just going maybe a little broader than Rock League too, but it's one of the hardest esports to really see what a coach does because there's not like the only planned play you can do is on kickoff. Aside from, like, kickoff, there's no planned play you can do other than just, like, a general philosophy or style you want to do. It's not like League of Legends where, like, 
it's very easy to see what a coach does because they're all about the draft. And if the draft is bad, you can just blame coach diff. Or like CSGO where you have like a million planned planes of setups for like bomb sites, planning, diffusing, and like trading patterns and like the coach is there for all that. Like it's much easier, I think, in other esports to see like what the coach will do. So like community is easier to have like an impact on whether a coach is good or not. But then in Rock League, it's like how do you how do you tell if a coach is good or not based on like how a team stylistically plays? It's almost like impossible to tell. But like it's just kind of a tough one to have a coach for this game. It's just weird in how the, the game kind of evolved and like the aspects in which a coach can actually help. It's more like sports. I don't like relating Rock League to sports, but it's more like sports in the sense that they're just trying to coach it stylistically of the team. But Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good parallel, right? Because Rock League is very much like a sport. Uh, it's the closest esport, in my opinion, to an actual sport based off, you know, you're hitting a ball around and shooting into a net, right? And at the end of the day, it's really on the players to make the plays and and like have that kind of skill to elevate their team but the coaches it's just kind of like i don't know i feel like rock league still is very early in it's um development as an esport just based off uh mostly that there isn't a lot of strategy yet implemented into it um i feel like there's still a lot more players can do as a team to improve uh like more plays they can go for like i feel like we still haven't fully utilized um like pre-jumping, I feel like once players, I feel like one day we're gonna have players pre-jump. They're getting there. Yeah, I see energy like trying it. I see baseball going for pre-jumps all the time. I feel like in the in the future we're gonna see a lot more players just jump early and like connect in the air, like hitting a pass to another team in the air, and that's gonna be like sick. A lot, a lot of people think we're entering the pre-jump era right now. If you ask a lot of people oh, yeah? on Twitter and Reddit, they think we're uh, or analysts too. They think we're about to enter the pre-jump era. I mean, if you ever played ranked in uh, GC2, GC3, all anyone does is pre-jump everything, so we're... <laughs> on defense, yeah. But I'd be, mean, like, on offense, too, Offense, right? too? Yeah, that'd be um, a little harder on offense. A little more risky, but... Yeah. But yeah, you see I mean, it in 1600, because it's like, oh, the ranked doesn't matter mentality, so I'm just going to pre-jump it. If I lose, I lose. Obviously, <laughs> we a haven't really seen... It's good to have. You got a limit test. You got a limit test. But... Yeah. Limit so it's going to be interesting to see how much this develops... And if we can incorporate it at high-level tournaments such as the ROCS, where winning actually does matter, and the score of each game does matter. It's just going to take, like, a, a couple of crazy players to get on the same team. Like Justin and Beast, but they got the same team, like, we're going to see pre-jumping. I was going to say, if you have to choose, like, often. one team you think that would pre-jump the most right now in NA, what team do you expect it to be? What team do you think would do it? On offense? Uh... On offense, on offense. On offense, I've been seeing energy do it the most. You think energy what does seen. it the most? I've seen That's, them like literally yeah. they did it like today, I think, or yesterday. They were trying to go for like a couple pre-jump passing plays, and I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, on defense, definitely V1, just because of beast mode, he loves to pre-jump on defense. Um, I've seen him do it like three to four times at least already this uh, tournament. Yeah, you so. see it all the time on defense. People just love beast mode is trigger days. happy when it comes to pre-jumping. He just yeah. presses the jump button and hopes <laughs> I mean, it, was, it, but it works. I, yeah, it works, right? Like, it I see him doing like, a couple, couple couple crazy times. You got, like, insane saves from doing it. I'm like, okay, this kid is insane. Yeah, then moving into, like, the next topic we're going to talk about, it's going to be about imports and the team for the NA scene in general. So, obviously, if you've been following uh, Rock League Esports over the last couple of months, you've seen that last year we had our first fully imported team in Complexity, if you weren't following and then this year, we had two more new fully imported teams. So we have Complexity, who subbed out actually one of their players, but it was for a European player, so it's still full import. And then we have Genji, which is two-thirds import. 
And then lastly, we have Furia, who obviously moved over a really good South American team from Brazil who moved fully over to NA this term as well. So what's everyone's, like, just general kind of viewpoints on these, like, imports? Is it, like, an issue for the region long term? And, like, kind of, like, does it just take away, like, strengths of other regions as well? Uh, it's all, if you want to talk on this first, I'll let you. Sure. Um, I definitely think it's a really interesting topic because Psionics is one of the few companies where they have no rules on any imports. There's no restrictions. There's no rule of having uh, some percentage, say, one-third or two-thirds of the team to be actually physically from a region. And they, it seems like, I feel like Sinex have kind of dropped the ball in this, and they're, and they're instead embracing it, like, oh, wow, welcome these new teams. But I feel like, if you've seen on Twitter, the <sighs> people who are and the bubble teams who are kind of struggling to reach the regionals, they feel it's unfair to them because there's no restrictions or any punishment, and it hurts. It directly hurts them just by letting better players from other regions participate and you quote unquote take their spot in the regional. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, uh, I do agree on that it hurts the bubble players, but I think that hurts the bubble players the most right now just because there's no support for bubble players. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about this, right? Like, it's literally a hot, like 98 days until from and the last qualifier day for uh, Fall Cup. It's to... four months or something, right? Or three months or something crazy? Yeah, I think it's, it's like four months. Um, but like 98 days, that's literally like a third of a year that's insane you just got nothing um, to do <laughs> and they got nothing they have nothing to compete in so I, I really think it's a like a scary side for the bubble scene and just the esport in general um with the lack of a support there is for them right now um i think you know the import issue isn't as big of a deal if there's support for the bubble scene because uh, at the end of the day i kind of embrace the mentality as well as, as you just have to win against whoever comes and like if it's the best players you're gonna have, gonna have more uh, exposure to those best players in different play styles. So maybe at the end of the day, it's going to help you, especially if you make the major. You'll already be exposed to like certain different play styles that you don't get exposed to in, in your region, like from SAM and from EU. So like we could end up seeing our like teams in the, who make the major that aren't like, you know, Gen.G or SAM or, or, or Fury or Complexity be stronger than how they played last year, just because they'll have more, more exposure, exposure to different teams and like also heart like more pressure in their own region right which would make them have to improve at a faster rate uh just to like more competition um so right now i don't think it's like a huge issue uh if there wasn't as bad bubble scene support so i do kind of feel bad for bubble scene it is an issue right now mostly because there's like no support for the bubble scene, I'd say. The biggest support they're getting is from Appjack running his seven and a half K tourney from taking the players into their own hands, feeling bad for bubble players, and then was it Materia or Rise? Someone from Moist in Europe said they're gonna match. It was Rise and Joyo. It was yeah. Rise and Joyo, yeah. They're saying they were gonna yeah. match it as well. I think for me it's like um as a viewer, I think the uh, the import teams is great because it's super fun to watch like Furia complexity and Genji battle it out against like the best NA team. So I think it's great from a viewership and fan base perspective. But yeah, from like yeah. a bubble scene perspective and like a, I think a competitive perspective overall, it really can hurt the global scene if they let it get out of hand. I think three teams is already starting to push it because the issue that happens is now the two best teams Brazil and South America has ever produced. The other guys aren't from Brazil and complexity, but the two best teams they produce are now gone from the region, right? 
So now the uh, Brazilian teams for scrims and the Argentinian teams don't have their best team to scrim against, so they won't improve as quickly. So you're kind of just like setting Sam behind, and I think like Sam internationally now will do horrible looking at like the international events this year. They're going to do worse than they've ever done probably. And then and removing and it's because of, like they removed their top teams. I went to NA, so they can no longer scrim them. It's going to be harder for their like talent to develop and get better as well. And then. Another issue is like, yeah, they come to NA, which is great because there's like more money and it makes sense, obviously, for the Oregon players to do the switch. But then NA as a whole, like the bubble scene also kind of gets like stopped and it's going to be harder to find like the stars as much because players that maybe would have made like the top 16 major now don't make it and might get demotivated, might just quit the game in general. Because a lot of the way like the NA works is like if you haven't made a couple majors before you're like in college, they'll just go to CRL and retire. So. Like, this, <laughs> this movement of so many teams coming over might just stint some players that we could have seen go pro from going pro in the long term and just kind of, like, hurt the development overall, not only in NA, but also in, like, SAM and other regions as well, so. That's actually a very interesting point, where, so, we've already covered a couple of things uh, with what you discussed. So, as a viewer, it's definitely very interesting. I do enjoy watching, apparently, Jack play against NA teams, where normally his YouTube videos are against... Like EU players. You mean Ocala? Uh, Ocala, yeah. He can't form Ocala anymore. He can't form Ocala anymore. And the Middle Eastern guys. Yeah, too bad. And then the second point is that we see, we will probably see uh, stinted growth in South America now that their two best teams in Complexity, Furia, they're no longer representing their region. Yeah, I'm also going to interject then, for one second to the, um, sorry, Stinsong. The other issue, too, is, like, it sets the presence of if Sam gets another good team, they'll just move to NA every single yeah. time Sam gets one good team. So We're going to see Team Secret here next year. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but keep or, going. So I'm sorry, keep going. Yeah, so the next part is about the competitive integrity, right? So because we don't have any rules or limitations on imported players or teams, so let's suppose we have the case with Furia and Genji, they make the major. So that's two out of five NA teams are these imported teams. Do you think it's unfair for the other, we're not even talking about bubble teams, we're talking about other top NA teams. Would it be unfair to them to have these teams taking the major spots instead of them? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's unfair at the top. I think the bigger issue is you want to get the best talent at the international majors. Mm -hmm. And NA is turning into this super region where maybe their top eight teams are better than the top two South American teams, better than the top, you know, the bottom of the European region as well. So, like, when you just import all these teams, you're not sending the best international teams from every region anymore because they're all just, like, co-joining like just one region. I think that's more of the issue of, like, Sam's best two teams now, maybe only one of them goes instead of, like, the two obviously would have went, you know, Fury and Complexity would have went if they were in Brazil and South America right now as a region, but instead we might not just get to see the best talent internationally because of this. But other than that, I think it's it's not unfair in any way. It's just the way I it think, is. Yeah, I think if they were to implement a rule, um, obviously they wouldn't be retro retroactive, so like complexity of theory would be fine, but um, I think if they were to imp implement any rule for this, it would have to be that they have to have at least like one NA player or something, or like two-thirds NA, so that... Yeah, you can import other players from other regions that want to, you know, have a different lifestyle because obviously NA lifestyle completely different than in most regions. Um, as well as I know, I know NA players get paid way like considerably more than even EU players, which is kind of crazy. Um, just because NA has way more 
is a hardcore like like fan viewership or is no, it just like it's viewership in total? NA is a geographical region is easier to sponsor than any other region in the world. So it brings in more money for the org so they can pay their players more. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so like I also feel like there should be like some type of mobility from like Sam and EU if they really want to. But they obviously they won't be picked up if they're not the best players in their own region, right? Like CR got picked up because he's like one of the best up and coming Spanish players and obviously Fiora came over because they did like top four at at Worlds, right? Um I think isn't is Furia even uh, based in LA or something, or are they? Uh, the org Furia has like a, I think they have an American division, and that's uh, they want to grow it, so that's why they moved them over. Oh, okay. I think that makes sense. that's what I saw. I know they have a Fury USA Twitter account. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just for like tweeting in English or not, but I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure they're based in Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I think their main headquarters is in Brazil. Yeah, so like, I totally understand why players and like teams want to come over to NA. Um, for the top, yeah, I think it's just like if you if you're a top team, you just have to beat them, right? Like you're gonna face them at the major anyways, and the whole goal of, of going to the major is mostly just winning. So like, I don't have like too much. I'm I don't have too much sympathy for like top teams who lose out their major spots because they lose to them. But like for bubble teams that obviously can't compete because they don't have as much experience. Um, my main issue, yeah, is just the Lack of support for mobile teams for like more opportunities to prove themselves. Yeah, I think the two-thirds rule that you mentioned is actually pretty interesting because when we had Drippe as our international import from OCE and Turbo Posa coming from the EU, forbidden import. Yeah, no one had an issue with that. There was no complaints of being unfair, even when Turbo and NRG win the World Championships. No one said it was unfair to anyone else. So it's an interesting perspective. Do we want to see Psionics have an, a limitation on? imported players and or teams or no i think the other thing people don't realize is when they say oh these bubble teams should just be good enough to compete with these top teams is these top like import teams that are getting over it is their job to perform well so these orgs are like they have like the facilities for them they're playing yeah. 10 hours a day it's their full-time they're not in job. high school anymore they're and versus these 15 year olds from na who are in high school gonna have pressure from their parents to probably not play the video game as much as these pro players they have to yep. worry about their future they have to worry about like all these things to think about when they're only 15 and that say that's fair for them to try and beat these imported teams and just be good or get good enough i don't think those people are actually realizing like the situation of how stacked against them it is not to mention like you're not even talking like the hardware right so all these import teams are going to have you know 37s oh, yeah, 3080s run the game perfectly on 240 360 hertz monitors like eight ping fiber internet and then you might be facing like wellis who's like on a farm 80 ping like <laughs> legs every other like minute right so it's just like i don't think people are and it's running on like a 1060 fucking gti or whatever you so, guys saw the two-piece uh tweet yeah the two-piece tweet's a yeah. good example of that like the <laughs> or got him a graphics card right the or got him a graphics card so it's just like i don't think people realize sometimes that inherent disadvantage it's like it's not fair to compare like an org team to like an up-and-coming na team and expect them to just be good enough when there's like so much against them but yeah it, i i don't know if about the rule thing uh if, if Sionic should implement something um like i said if they do implement it i think it should just be based off the players like have at least one player from na um because i i think you know having genji actually come over might be better for almost improve the bubble scene because they're showing that 
NA teams should definitely take more chances on bubble players, right? Like Chronic, he definitely should have been on a team like way earlier than he. Hundred percent. Than like Genji picking him up, like he was obviously t super talented. He was doing like crazy in ones. He had like history of winning multiple ESL monthlies with like Daniel and Two Piece, like Two Piece too, right? Like he should be on a. I think SR is a good start for him, but like, more teams in that like eighth to twelfth range, the ones that aren't making majors, have to take more chances on these up and coming like players that they're seeing ranked that are like crushing them because like the main thing that are holding those players back isn't uh is mostly skill. just yeah they have, they have the skill they just need to learn how to play threes and if you already have like two really talented threes players like noli and apjack who are there to teach you and help you obviously these players are going to shine very bright and like learn and threes and pick it up a lot quick, quicker like chronic right like chronic obviously like a lot of people are already saying he's the best player on gen g right now like him and apjack are insane on uh, offense together yeah it's part of the issue we could talk about more in depth later but like the way to go pro in na is like people generally they're skilled enough but they get hold back by like they didn't make the right friends or they didn't have the right connections to go pro versus like they're definitely skilled enough to go pro they just didn't have the right like connections or friends to go pro which is a bit of an issue where like i think it's still like a bit of the same in europe but europe seems to be a little more like the people will base it on like performance a little more than like friendship and then na is kind of more like friendship based but yeah that's just like that's why EU teams will actually take on um a more of a risk by taking on someone who has probably not as many good rcs results and we see it again with gen g where we chronic we, yeah, we know right he's a skilled player he's a skilled 1v1 and 2v2 player he's never had any notable rcs results and yet nolly and abjack gave him a chance and suddenly we have back-to-back Top two finishes. <laughs> Top two finishes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't have no RLCS results, but definitely like his best results on a team called literally the randoms. So yeah, yes, he didn't have many results for sure. I don't know. Like even like players like right now that are on uh, like full mobile teams like Stealth, uh, like uh, Knight, like Drew obviously these players, yeah, Drew, like these they they make some mistakes on uh, defense a lot, right? And like they have a lot of things they could improve on. But just seeing some of the stuff they do on offense, especially, it's just insane. Like, I saw Knight read some crazy thing off the backboard when he was, like, super close to it and somehow nailed it in the net. Like, I've seen him even play rank sometimes with Justin, and, like, he's insane. He, he makes insane plays. And I yeah, just wish more, yeah, I just wish more players or more, like, top players would take more chances on uh, those up-and-coming players in NA because I think that's the main thing that separates EU from NA right now and why it seems like they have so many better players. It's just because they actually take chances on those on those players that should be near the top right now, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of players in NA who mechanically are, like, absolutely cracked and better than a lot of the pros, but just don't have the shot, so you'll never, like, know or see it. Like, Knight probably has equal, if not better, mechanics than a lot of the pros do right now on, like, the top 10 NA teams, but yeah, it's just, like, well, he hasn't ever been given a chance, so. Yeah. Let's talk a little about the converse, where we have Exit... Benching their supposedly <laughs> up-and-comer mechanical genius Evo and keeping yeah. Rapid on the team as a starter. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So my whole thing is, like, I, if everyone keeps up with Rapid on Twitter, he just seems like, I don't know, this guy gets so many chances that if you, like, go back and actually look at his career, even from the start, he, like, I don't think he ever made an RLRS through quals. I think he always failed to make it. And he had, like, teams with, like, Pluto and, like, He's given all these chances and always, like, failed to make it. He's just been, like, kind of a choker throughout in his entire career. He's, like, a couple good results when Beast Mode, one of, like, 
clearly now the best players ever obviously carried him completely. So it just seems to be like, I don't know why people really keep giving this guy a chance at orgs and stuff and expect like a different result. Like if Exet or, um, is he on Exet? Whatever org he's on. Oh, right yeah. If they were on Spar, I think they would have like kept Evo and been like, oh, maybe, maybe Rapids the issue. And it's not even mentioning like, if you go look at like past teammates, Beast Mode left his team for a reason. And he, he actually said that he left to go basketball IRL. It just seemed like uh, he just didn't want to team with Rap yeah. anymore because of the environment. So Came back two uh, months later. Yeah, he came back two months later. I mean, <laughs> there's obviously something off with this guy. And, like, obviously he has a bad pass with all the, like, uh, scamming and stuff, too. So I just don't know why people keep giving him, like, chances and expect something different. But it's crazy to me. It's crazy. It is weird, too, though, because I have seen evo play really well um but i've also seen him like troll a lot um <laughs> that might be just because he's playing with arsenal i don't know uh he might be slightly overhyped but maybe not because obviously he got kicked off x set um i think he still has a future for sure in our all maybe he needs to take it more seriously i don't know what his hours are like i can't comment on that exactly with a hundred percent um true opinion but it is weird because they, they kicked him, right? And they got turned to row. And then they actually made closed qualifier, I think. So they... Yeah, they got, like... They went 0-3 in clo closed qualifier for the first in Fall Open. And then they made it back to closed qualifier for uh, Fall Cup. But but they won one series. So they did improve Ooh, slightly. Improvement, improvement. <laughs> it was, it was a 3-2 they won as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a weird team. It's weird. The weirdest thing actually to me is Percy. Because he was, he actually looked really good the season X before. Uh, first couple splits. And then like, I don't know how he's, like obviously he's not as crazy as Beast would to carry a team like that. But just, I think it's got to be something with comms. Or communication, and maybe they just shut down on communication once they start losing or something. I have no idea. Yeah, Percy's crazy because if you go back to like a lot of the rumors that were like, I think pretty much confirmed true. He had an offer from G two. He turned down allegedly. Really? Yeah, because allegedly, wow. remember when Dries got on G two? Allegedly, they wanted <laughs> yeah. Percy, and he turned it down to go on the whatever team it was at the time. And maybe looking back, that wasn't the correct move, but. I hope he does well and bounces back. But yeah, he's uh he was really hyped, and then he never really lived up to that to that hype. I think fully the extent of what uh, he was he was a couple yeah. of years ago. And then uh, yeah, I have a story about Evo for the uh, taking it seriously versus troll. This was like about a year ago, but when I would uh, play ranked, I'd get him a lot in twos. And I think the funniest one was I queued up with him once. I was against him. He had a guy called KX on his team. And um, just a bubble player. Okay, it's just like a yeah. general bubble player. Yeah. He's Absolutely um, trolled him. Trolled the living like lights out of him. I remember like he refused to play. Like we went five nothing on KX and Evo, and then it was so bad like he wouldn't even forfeit. So he just held him in prison for the full five minutes, and then I queue up. So I get the win. Great. Next game, it's literally the next game. So this is like two minutes later. Like two minutes of time has passed. He's playing with Squishy, and now he's on his best behavior, tryharding, <laughs> being like, nice shot, Squishy, great save, Squishy, amazing job, Squishy, and just, like, sucking up as much as possible. So, like, the turnaround on this guy from, like, trolling one to just absolutely, like, you know, just being as good as possible to the pro the next is kind of a little a little crazy and a little off. I know they're only, like, 14 or 15, but most 15-year-olds don't do it to that extent. It was a little bit weird, I mean. But, yeah, yeah. it could be part of his issue. He maybe just needs to mature a little more and we'll see him back but 
definitely Could something. That be the reason for. where we think that Rapid is actually somehow more mature than Evo, despite. I mean, Rapid many... equally as dismature. That man will literally yeah. queue up a twos, get scored on, and then rage quit five seconds in. So, uh, he's not much better, and he's older. Yeah, I don't know. I I found uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if you saw, saw the tweet, but Reynolds like saying like. Yo, ra fucking rapid lock in. <laughs> like you're scaring Exit away. Like come on, because Exit's a pretty big org, right? They've been doing exactly, well in like Valorant yeah. and stuff. So I think if you have an org like that, you gotta be pushing. I don't know who's who's uh, making the decisions over. I said if it's the players or if it's a coach, but I think they're. Uh, I think it's Trey was the coach. I think they're making some wrong decisions. Rapid's got some blocking or something on some of them to keep like being the one that's not kicked and remain, but it's crazy. You would think the org would probably coach. talk to him about him, given, I believe it was Nolly on uh, exposing uh, some screenshots of Rapid DMs with him? Yeah, 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 it was Nolly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, this guy's got, like, a cat. He has nine lives or something before, like, he's going to get kicked or removed from a team, it seems like. Any other team, like, this type of unprofessional behavior, we would immediately see an org statement saying, oh, we have already talked to this player. We're going to bench him or give him some sort of probation but it's like what you said he's got nine wives or something he's he really does it's also <laughs> just like looking at his past i know obviously people like i, I don't want to like hate on the guy for scamming he did it and apologize and stuff and he doesn't do it anymore but like he also was rumored to have issues with left with recording and stuff it's just like i don't know there's just like never a positive thing whatever you look into it of his past or anywhere so it's just like I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, Beast Mode left the team magically, then came back. Like, I don't know. Everywhere you look, it's just negatives. And it's not even like he's gotten a win or anything. Bad can't even make, like, main event anymore. So it's just weird. I think it's a weird just situation in general. Yeah, it's definitely weird being with the amount of ego and toxicity surrounded with, you know, someone who has not have had that many results. It's an interesting situation. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on to our next topic, which is about the upcoming major, which is going to be in Rotterdam. And we, Ooh. what is everyone's thoughts about the start times? <laughs> Cyanox has changed the start times now so that the event for the actual live crowd events on Saturday and Sunday, they are 6 a.m. and 4 a.m. EST, respectively. Yeah. Which is far earlier than any other e European event they've ever hosted. I don't know why. That's that's just like, do they do they know that their viewership there's viewership in NA? Like, do like especially during the week they're doing it 12 p.m. I don't know why they wouldn't just do 6 p.m. Like, is it an issue with their talent that's helping you with the venue? Is the venue booked like past 6 p.m. or something? They, like, there's no way they would have the venue booked booked not out for the whole day, right? Like. I don't know. They could. It's a only a six hour difference between Rotterdam and and uh, EST, right? So people are literally gonna be sleeping during the, at least the first few matches, and especially on Sunday if to have it like start at ten a.m. Rotterdam time. I don't know. Ten or eleven. Yeah. Players are it's asleep generally at that time. Yeah, it, it's literally <laughs> ten a.m. Rotterdam time because it's four four a.m. EST when it starts. So I don't know why they would do it at ten a.m. I'm not sure what's going on over there. Um, it's very odd. Like I don't know why they would cho choose that such, such an early time. Also, and I wish they were just like more communication communication as to why they would start that early. That's all. Yeah. Also, just looking back in general on like NA start times for like we're not talking Europe region, just NA region themselves. Like the last 
year, two years, I always started at like 12 in the day and end at like 4 p.m., which is like, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, well, you should just like deal with it. That's when it's prime time for EU viewership and like it's good they're adjusting to a global scale. But it's like, when are NA viewers actually supposed to watch the eSport? Like most people mm-hmm. don't get back from work till four or back from school till three. And the regional's like almost done every little, like every single weekday. And then during like the weekends, most people will play sports or stuff in the afternoon. They come back and the regional's done before you can even generally watch. So like, I don't know if they just don't like NA viewership at all. Like even whether it's in Worlds or, you know, whether Worlds is NA, regional's in NA or anything, they just never do an NA start time, which bewilders me. Like, I don't understand it. I really don't get it at all. Especially for this Europe too, where it's like, 4 a.m., 6 a.m., they're not even, you can't even take the angle of, oh, they're pandering to a global scale anymore. Because now they're just straight up disrespecting NA, <laughs> and they're not even getting, like, a great EU primetime as well. Like, it, it's confusing. I don't know what they expect to get from this. Like, they won't have max viewership even from Europe with those times they start at. But Yeah, like, are, they know, compl- are the players complaining about, like, having, having late start times? I... There's no way. Oh, the players, dude, the players always, it, uh, they always want to play at 2 a.m. if they had a choice. They pee- yeah, like, they probably pee- want to play at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. in tournament for good. No, the so players I, I, always prefer playing at a later start time rather than in the morning because that's when they've all warmed up. They've played matches you, and yeah. scrims, and then they're ready for the actual RLCS events as opposed to just waking up, eating breakfast as quickly as you can, and then getting on the line setup to play your matches. I so mean, maybe the players do like the early start times. We've never actually... I've never heard any of them really talk about it. or like On Twitter, it. I've, I've never seen anyone from them. advocate for an early start but, like. Time. I'd love to hear the reasoning of why Sandix refuses to do later start times. Like, I'd really like to know why, especially for NA regions and, like, events in NA for the NA region, why we can't have, like, a 7 to 11 p.m. regional where, I, like, older audience and younger audience can even, like, watch it and enjoy it. Like, I just don't understand, really. Yeah, like, a lot of them, I don't, I don't know what their audience is like based off demographic, but... If it's even if like a lot of their high, if, if a lot of them are like people in high school, then they're gonna end up being in school anyways during like the NA regional start times for like uh for the Friday, right? Because like on weekend, yeah, I can kind of understand why they started like 1 p.m. because like everybody has a weekend off. But I I wish they did they split the Friday um broadcast into like a Thursday night and a Friday night because like every other sports broadcast you watch it always starts after dinner, right? Like if the hockey game or or like NBA basketball, it's always I feel like after work so that people could actually watch it, right? So I don't know why they can't do the same for Rocket League. Yeah, I don't know what like what their angle is because every as you said, like every major sport in NA starts at like seven prime time because that's when most people watch it, and even other esports in North America do the same. They start at like four p.m. and they go to like eleven p.m. So they'll cover like the prime time of NA. Like, whether it's League or CSGO or whatever, when it's in NA, they do, like, NA primetimes, even if they lose some viewership. But I don't really understand why Rocket League is so different. Especially because <laughs> we have, like, NA viewership. It's also, like, yeah, NA. NA is one of the biggest regions for Rocket League. So, like, it just seems like they're scaring away the NA market over these last couple of years, and they probably lost a lot of NA viewership and player base and stuff because, like, they just didn't cater to NA people at all. Like, no one can watch who's, like, 18-plus because they're too busy working or doing things. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of an kinda, odd one, and they never commented on it, which is a little weird. But Yeah. I kind of wish, also, we were back in studio for the regionals. Yeah. Because I don't know if you guys remember, like, league play, we used to have everybody in the that studio, cool. and it'd be like, 
yeah, it was really cool. We'd have like uh, in studio like graphics at the back showing like the leaderboards. Analyst um, desk too with everyone on. Analyst, yeah, yeah, analyst desk. They would be actual in person. You kind of lose a little bit of that. Um, I don't know cohesion, maybe like like talent cohesion on the on the desk when you have everybody beside each other, and they just seem like more happy to be there. I don't know, maybe. I understand like, the whole work from home thing since the pandemic and maybe they actually just everybody's like in different cities and stuff but if they have the budget which you know is always a weird topic with psionics because who knows what their budget is <laughs> no <laughs> one the knows their budget them. how much they're making or like anything it seems like no one's really sure yeah but i know like they could definitely level up their broadcast if they wanted to just by going back in the studio shifting their times to like Thursday night and Friday nights for like day one of these regionals where you have 30, like 30 matches played. They could definitely do like the first two rounds on, on uh day one or maybe first three rounds on day day one. And then the last yeah. two rounds on like on, uh, on Friday and then like do Saturday or Sunday still for the last, uh, like the playoff bracket. Um, I don't know. I, and then it also like freshen things up for viewers. Right. Yeah. Um, and I do think, I know CSGO is a lot more major heavy, so I would like to see them also if they could like shorten the, the time frame of the season so we could fit in at least like one more major so we don't have just like three majors every like three months and then a Worlds. I don't know why there's a huge like gap between the last major there's and Worlds as well. There's some weird gaps. There's some weird gaps. In yeah, it's always, like, it's always like three to four weeks between the last regional and the major, and I feel like they can maybe shorten that uh, if they had like a better... I don't know what's holding them back from from shortening that you know i have a weird idea but this is one thing i thought about and i think i kind of got it off something i saw on twitter um but it's essentially that you know with the new so their new format where they have like the closed qualifying cup right and the third one yeah the my, my, my hot taker if they have the budget i think this would be a cool way to incorporate like the old studio feel into like this new format and make it work is for that third tournament in each like um split so spring winter fall or whatever mm -hmm. They should make that like closed cup a LAN in the specific yeah. region, at least for the major regions for NA and Europe. That means so much money, they though. Should make it, like uh, maybe not a LAN. They should have a studio and have everyone played in the studio then for like Europe and North America. They should have like they do it in like League of Legends where they have like a studio and like the other games as well. So then they could just go to that studio every time and then it'd be like LAN, but also like kind of like more have the best teams qualify so internet isn't as big of an issue too. It'd also be more competitively fair. Integrity to send the best teams to each major as well. So I think it'd be just if they have the money, a great idea overall because you could get the analyst kind of feel back for the major regions. Have like yeah. a land in a studio, and it also like I think it would just be great overall. Obviously, it would cost a lot of money set up, but it's more of like a initial cost thing because then once you have the studio, you have you'd have it for like every year. But mm. yeah, it seems like there's a lot of upfront cost with that. It's just weird because you know. We we have people claiming that our our esport is tier one, and yet, <laughs> you know, we are saying that oh, it would cost too much, uh, it would be too expensive for Cyanox to implement. So how can we claim that the esport is a tier one or even a tier quote unquote 1.5? And now the other issue is that in terms of we're talking about NA, like we are only talking about North American East Coast population. So ever since moving to the Pacific Coast. Watching these regionals is, has been basically, I would say, like... You don't even watch it live anymore, right? Invisible, right? Because for the regional, the actual regional, by the time I get home from work on Friday night, half the teams are eliminated. So I, why would I have the motivation to watch the remaining uh, 
matches at the regional if I'm not as invested anymore. I didn't watch the initial part. I didn't see the teams making it past the Swiss stage, which would, you know, in theory, prompt me to watch more of it. And this is coming from someone who's watched every single RCS regional. <laughs> you have? Since season two. From season two to season <laughs> yeah, nine, I watched every one. I watched every DreamHack, all the DreamHacks, all the E-Leaks, all the Neuralees. Like, I'm, this is coming from an absolute hardcore fan. And yet I feel myself losing interest because as I'm getting used to not watching more OSCS, I don't really feel the need to tune in anymore. To, to me, it seems like Sionix has just given a bid or a big middle finger to every single 18 plus North American viewer. Like, in general. Because we, like, there's just, it's really hard to follow with your 18 plus. It seems like they've done their demographics or whatever, or for whatever reason, they think they have no 18 plus fans in North America, and they don't care about them at all for, like, timing or viewership. Or even if you were a player, imagine trying to play in a qualifier that started at 12, and you had, a, like, a part-time job, or were in school. Like, you couldn't. It'd be impossible. So it's just kind of weird to me that they've just I mean, really... just doesn't make sense, because it feels like, who exactly are they catering this time zone to be right for example if you're in a european player you have a european tournament and the times all cater to european players i could understand that but that is not the case for north american events where the north american timings is not suitable for local time you know it caters for to example, like high school and elementary school students as though it yeah. kind of caters to it doesn't even fully cater to them. i it guess that's possible <laughs> right and like in like europe though not even like in europe and it caters <laughs> to a different region it caters to Primary and high school students, kind of, and a different region for North America, which is so odd. It's just yeah. weird to me. It is really odd. Like, for example, if you have a League of Legends World Championship in South Korea, and all the times are South Korean local time, I can understand that. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't understand Sonic's reasoning for this. Because League just did Worlds in NA, or it's going on right now. Their start time is for NA, and they've stated, or like, it's been, it's known, they lost viewership because they did NA times because their major player bases in China and Korea. Like, that's where the game's the biggest. But they did it right. because it's in NA, and you just do it on NA times when you're in NA because you're trying to at least maybe revive that region a bit or whatever, or at least, like, give that fan base some hope, right? Like, I don't think mm -hmm. there's a bigger issue than going to a region, and then if you're a fan in that region, and then being like, okay, but we're going to do it at 1 p.m. That's just like... <laughs> you're going to do it at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, well, how, like, well, that's so dumb. Like, it's such a it's such a weird experience as a viewer to have that if you're from that region. Like, it puts you off to not want to watch anymore. It's just like, why would I follow something when the yeah. company clearly doesn't care to cater to me? But So is Psyonix trying to cater to a European viewer for an NA regional? But then these it it. answers times are weird. So I feel like it's either that or it's just like, Certain people just don't want to work past like six. They want to have like that could be it. That could be it. Like, they're like biotics. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's that's my thinking right now. Is they're just like, uh, maybe we just like do ten, ten. Maybe it's cheaper. AM or, I don't know. If, yeah, maybe they're like, oh, we can't pay our budget or can't pay our staff to um, like work later. Yeah, like who knows what it is. I wish they'd say it at least or give a reason. Like it's just weird. That's a good yeah. one, though, Blink. It could be... Maybe they just don't want to... Maybe they want their evenings off, the people that work. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't put it past me, because, I mean, I was in the Collegiate Rocket League, and I didn't get paid for two years for some of my payments. And every time we asked the admin, the admin was on vacation. So, or, like, the Sonics person, he was always on vacation when we'd ask about it. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, I wouldn't put it past me if the if the people just didn't want to work in the evenings. I mean, we can only theorize, right? Because they've never made a comment on it or cared to even address it. But. Yeah, they have some weird finance people working for them. I don't know who's handling their budget, but... Yes, transparency is definitely a big issue for Sarnox. For example, let's talk about... Uh, recently on Twitter, we had several casters and analysts... Especially so we got we got this is your segment. Where we're scheduling into yeah. Insomnic's cringe tweets. This is our segment on our <laughs> yeah, podcast. Exactly. Insomnic said his cringe tweets. So here's yeah. our cringe tweet number one. All right, let's take a look at cringe tweet number one. So this one's from Jalen, who's very uh, prominent community figure. Uh, he's a sick graphics designer. He is. He's, oh, he's, yeah, he is. Insane. he's one of the he better the like, best graphics. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the crew battles, uh, like last season, but he did like some crazy graphics for them, and they they were sick. He also like a, he was a graphic designer for like the Vegas Golden Knights NHL team, and yeah, just oh yeah yeah, it was cool, bro. But yeah, sometimes some some debatable tweets. He is a hot. He does give some hot takes, respectable hot takes. But yeah, go. No, he's, he, he, he actually gives does some hot, hot takes, takes. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not like PR. He he does do hot takes. I think that's because he's a contractor. He's not. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you can go away. Read read the first cringe. Tweet. All right, let's let's read this tweet for you guys. So, haven't seen a lot of discussion about this, but it seems like hashtag RLCS and a handful of CRO B team talent have been let go recently on short notice and without warning. Does that raise any concerns for anyone else? And we already have seen that. One of the most prominent casters that have been let go was Gregan. And there's been a lot of drama because, to give you some context, as well as for the viewers, Gregan uh, recently posted a statement uh, explaining his side and saying that he thought he had a guaranteed job with Psyonix. He's turned down multiple offers from other like tournament organizers roles, right? and other casting gigs because he thought that he was going to be confirmed with Sionics and casting ROCS. And then he was suddenly let go, like right at the start of the season, with absolutely no notice in advance, no reasoning whatsoever, not even a thank you from like the Rocket League Esports Twitter saying, you know, thanks to Gregan for, you know, being with us and casting these matches and being part of the community. Just nothing. He's just cut off. So that's the context. What do you guys think about that? So yeah, this this uh, the cringe part of this tweet is on the uh, Cyanox, not on the guy who's tweeting. No, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, so the it's uh it's definitely I think an issue because like Cyanox has always claimed that they have the best casting team in all of esports, the entirety of esports, and that they're the nicest to them and treat them the best with the best quality and like I think there's just so many examples of them not doing that. It's kind of like such a red flag that they keep trying to like say they are and then their actions like speak otherwise because like. Imagine, like, thinking you had a job, and then you don't last minute. And, like, this also happened to, like, the CRL casters as well. And, like, it's just kind of weird to me. Lawler's another one that happened to, I think. It also happened to, uh, who was the other host? Axeltoss or something, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then... Did uh, Final Carpet just leave? He didn't get... I think Final Carpet left. left. He just left. He had better offers elsewhere. Yeah. I don't even know what he's up to, though. He did Fortnite or something. I don't know. Did he? Yeah. He was good. He was like one of the better yeah, casters. He, he was a talented, uh, he was a talented caster, but it's just weird that we don't get any <clears throat> insight or any explanation into this, and it's especially disrespectful to these casters who, you know, they, they they're basically supporting your esport, and you just cut them off without without saying anything, 
and without any explanation to the community, who is now enraged because of their support for these casters, and they think it's just a point unfair. And Greg is definitely the most prominent one because while the other ones are like, oh, uh, they were probably not as good as your main broadcast casters, and I even agree. I disagree with that too, though. Um, well, that, that's the idea. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. so there might have been some budgeting reasons for this. But yeah. Greg, on the other hand, is heavily respected. He's a really hard worker, and he's arguably one of the best casters that we have. So has yeah, like, a big discussion on that. Yeah, that's weird, right? Because he was like definitely the best analyst they had on the desk, especially with the most experience, having like coached for Vitality and uh, I think Gilda shortly, but... Uh, they also axed uh, Spaceman, I think, right? And like in my opinion, Spaceman, yeah, he was Spaceman like, was good. he was one of the best casters they had. Like I know, like he had some like questionable callings and like one of the things, but he apologized for it quickly. But he's like the most fun caster to like listen to, in my opinion. Or at least one of the like, most fun casters to listen to, in my opinion. And like, I think yeah, I think it's definitely they had way too many casters last season, and their budget just. They didn't make as much money as they thought, or they went over budget on costs. Markets cost in a recession season. in general, everyone's making cuts too right now. So that's true as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So probably a lot they didn't get as many sponsors for like this season because of that too. So like a lot of right. companies. The problem isn't about sponsor. as much as the action as much as it's about transparency and explaining the the reasoning for this, such that everyone would understand instead of having a ton of outrage, and then Cyanox just. Saying nothing about it, pretending, just, pretending nothing happened. They've always transparently been a bad company. And I don't know why people expect <laughs> differently. Whether it's been with esport orgs and you know all the esport orgs had to write a letter to them, or with letting yeah. off casters last minute, they've Sonics has never Terrible been a good transparent company. They've always been bad at communication, whether it's to players or anything at every level. And for some reason, they just never take accountability for it. But it is what it is. I mean, it's like everyone loves the game, so it's unfortunate. It's the way it is, but. People thought signing with Epic would make it better. It, it didn't. So <laughs> it is. It's just kind of the reality of the situation of working with Psionics. Yeah, I'll I think they have like next tweet whenever you guys are ready. So actually, if we could talk a little bit more about it too, just quickly. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. Because it's weird though, in my opinion, because I feel like they kept so many casters that are actually just a little bit boring to like listen to too. So like I, I feel like it's a little concerning just on the side of talent acquisition, like their choices for that. I just find it a little bit weird. That they let go of someone like Spaceman, like Dragon, when they're really like engaging and, and interesting people to listen to, uh, and they kept some like the more boring people. I don't know if it's because like they asked for higher budgets for their, or they they were had to be paid more. I don't know what, why exactly that decision was made, but if it's because they actually thought that they were like worse casters or worse people to have on their talent, it'd be a little bit concerning for me as somebody who like worked at Psyotics, if I know like other people who are making those decisions are keeping some people go. Or keeping some people and letting other people go that should be there, you know? So that's that's the thing that concerned me the most when I saw, like, Spaceman wasn't rehired. But then, like, they had, like, two, like, mediocre casters. I don't want to call them out because I don't want to be a hater. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they had to, like, mediocre casters for, like, the NA final. Okay, I guess you could kind of know who I'm talking about. But... <laughs> I don't want to, like, hate on anybody specifically, but I know, like... Like they had, there's some talent, there's some casters that you can definitely say are like better than the others, right? Like we all know James Watts really interesting to listen to. Like Shogun, Johnny are like definitely up there. Like Shogun's probably the best caster yeah. out of all NARLCS right now because he's just like crazy. Only caster calls. actually has a memorable call. 
That's talked in the <laughs> That's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it's weird. I don't know. Uh, that concerned me the most when I saw what happened in the first regional after here, like seeing talent being like, lost and then just seeing who they chose to keep around and like even like what what uh, series to let them cast, like which important ones is uh, it's a little bit odd for me. Yeah, I would agree definitely the decision making is a little bit questionable. And definitely if I was someone who is looking into trying to get a casting position, I'd be a lot more wary about signing a contract with Psyonix, who's got a, who's now have a bad history of, uh, you know, mistreating their, their, I wouldn't even say employees because they're not employees of Cyanox. Contractors, they're, yeah. They're contractors. Just bad communication. That's, that, that's why they're yeah. able to just fix them without them. anything. It's just bad, bad communication of like renewing yeah. contracts. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. So I'll move on to the next tweet. So this is one of the deleted tweets by Skyler RL. So he says, "Good job at Rocket League. This is literally impossible to freestyle, especially when dashing. Plus, I can't even win while tryharding." You guys put me against opponents miles better than me. Every freestyle will quit. And he's attached a video of him trying to do freestyles and getting instantly challenged in the air. So this, the context of this tweet is that it comes after a wave of Psyonix permanently banning freestyles. Not permanently, no, no, no. Oh, it's month, not permanent? Month ban, month ban. Oh, <laughs> month Imagine month it was ban. permanent. <laughs> not permanent. It's just like, God. <laughs> it was a one-month ban of freestylers who've intentionally deranked their casual matches to 100 to 200 silver MMR. MMR. Silver MMR. Yeah, so equivalent of silver players who are new to the game. And the report, the explanation of Psyonix, interestingly, Psyonix actually did give an explanation of why they did this, was that these, these players were not only deranking their MMR, they were forcing other low-level players to stay within the match, sometimes dragging overtimes to five minutes before they finally hit their quip. And that kind of looks good because it says five minute overtime and you hit a banger of a quip <laughs> against a silver player, right? So that was kind of the context behind it. And or they just be up just and force it. Yeah. They did that too. <laughs> like the freestyles, yeah. Freestylers. I mean, you keep this quick. I think uh, they signed a terms of service that they violated, and for some reason they're mad they're getting banned for going against <laughs> they, the contract they signed to play the game. So but they didn't read it. So yeah, they didn't read it. Yeah. So how like, how would they know? <laughs> how would they know? They they just clicked I accept the terms and conditions, and then when they violate the terms and conditions, are mad. I mean, I think this is one's pretty simple. I know that um, the the to like hit like certain or get like certain prize pools for like the free shot clips, they need to do it. In casual, like they won't accept private lobbies. Personally, I think the uh, the freestyling like culture or tournaments who like do that just needs to change. They just need to accept private match clips, and then everything would be fine. Like the idea of Psionics as slighted freestylers is ridiculous because they literally put freestyle events on on like mainstreams and at worlds when they probably shouldn't have. So it's like all they've done yeah. is support the freestyle team and given them money that they probably shouldn't have gotten to begin with. Who so titles? it's like. The, yeah, the, the whole fact that the freestyling <laughs> scene is mad at Sionics is ridiculous. It's like, they should just be mad at those places that require you to submit um, clips that won't be accepted in private match. Like, literally just do it in private match. It's not it's not that difficult. And if you want to do it in casual, just do it against a casual MMR well. where you can do it. Just play enough games and you'll eventually balance out. Like, the fact that they want to do this on Silvers who can barely touch the ball and then try to claim 
all the silvers would say, oh, that's super cool. I love seeing this when I can't even touch the ball. It's a little ridiculous, but... <laughs> they really don't have a good argument, to be honest. They don't. Um, they really don't. Yeah, they have no good argument. I mean, okay, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with trying to hit, like, a triple reset. It's more about the impact of the players you're playing against. You know, it's... Like, these people who have massive communities on TikTok, they have, like, 200,000, like, uh, followers or subscribers, yeah. and these people are like, wow, I really want to be like this this guy, and they're going to follow, they're going to emulate this guy by going into casual, tanking their MMR, and basically ruining the experience for other players when, like, I don't see why they can't just do it in private matches. It, it does not make sense to me. Like, why do you need to negatively impacts another player's experience just so you can get your clip. And I've seen the argument saying, well, that, that's how I want to play the game. That's just like, well, it yes. just goes against terms of service. So you shouldn't play the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll... other players also trying to enjoy their game. So yeah. where's this argument coming from? I would also just say from like my perspective, I can't speak on Rocket League because I'm, I'm too good at the game to give a perspective from Rocket League. But like, when I go play another game like <laughs> when I go play another game like Overwatch where I suck at the game, right? And I just I'll get on to play like my, you know, game or two a day that I play just casually to have fun. If I was to load up into a casual match and I, you know, play against this guy who's three sixty no scoping me headshotting, I will immediately get off the game because I don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's true for any game I play where like if I'm bad at the game, I get on in a casual match and I'm just playing a dude who's absolutely like destroying me and like freestyling, trick shotting on me for whatever the freestyle equivalent is for that game i'll just get off like it doesn't make me want to play that game anymore so i think i was thinking about right that here. they did yeah i agree yeah. uh i was thinking about that though it's, it's weird because there's not a lot of equivalents in other games because in other games if you're gonna hit something that crazy at least somebody has like the ability to stop you pretty easily in yeah. rocket league silvers yeah. can't aerial <laughs> and like these these freestyles practice in um in like What's uh free play private free play free play yeah yeah, yeah. They, they practice some free play free play for like hours until they can actually hit the use consistently, and then like <laughs> these players who have like twenty hours can't even get to like like gold when they probably should right because they're getting clipped on by like people who have like ten to hundred times more hours than them so and the freestyles also uh, they tried to claim they let the silvers hit the ball and it's like. Okay, they can hit the ball, but they're not getting a good organic experience of what the game's like. So it's not really like a good experience for anyone. Because they're never going to get that where like someone triple flip resets on them, then lets them score a goal on the ground, or like lets them touch the ball once. It's like, that's not how the game's going to be. So what, like that'd be so dumb. It'd be like me playing Apex Legends, and then the people smurfing just let me wipe their whole squad a game. For, like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's just not yeah. fun. There's just no good argument that kind of makes the freestylers look good or even supports them in this case so i would like to move yeah. on to the next cringe tweet so this one's actually uh it's the last cringe tweet too right <laughs> yeah we're doing three oh, yeah. or anymore i think we'll just do three for today yeah. yeah i think i think we're this is enough so rise tweets out jorby biggest plastic <laughs> and then jorby says i felt like i harped on Furious mistakes more than I praised G2. And then Rice says, You forgot about Misfits pretty quickly. And Jorby says, But Misfits, Misfits aren't even a team anymore. So <laughs> it's it's another one of those like deranged Rice tweets where 
I don't know what the the point he's trying to make, uh, and, and it's gotten a lot of community backlash. What are you guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> I, mean, I think it's pretty. I, you go first. You go first. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty funny that uh, nobody really knew what he meant to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I mean, anybody who's not from NA was like, "What's a plastic coat?" Or anybody who's not from EU was like, "What's a plastic That's coat?" True. No one knew what that was. So that's funny, but it's also actually interesting how everybody, nobody was really on, the, on his side for that, even though how popular he is and like compared to Dorby at least, it was like people called him out pretty quickly, which is pretty interesting to see. Um, I think it was just weird to be honest, like I kind of out of like nowhere that he just called him a plastic out. But like, I do agree, like Dorby's a little bit eccentric sometimes, um, especially with people loves teams. Korea. What teams he chooses to support out of nowhere, but I don't. I don't um, believe he's from NA personally. <laughs> <laughs> he cheers for any team that's not NA, essentially. Yeah. Uh, or mostly just Sam, to be honest. Um, but I mean, to be fair, like Fury and Yan are really fun to watch, so I can get understand why he got behind this team so quickly. So I don't think he's a fake fan at all. It was kind of weird tweet from Rise. Um, I, I think Rise is just kind of in that phase of being a teenager where you're kind of just looking, especially in his career where you kind of have that ego and attention like need want for attention by yeah. being like a little bit edgy you know so that's that's my guess as to why he yeah. tweets out sometimes and if you look like at that. the reddit comments on this they get even better rise has been <laughs> going pretty crazy recently rise chooses the weirdest hills to die on for no reason and another one is remember when he felt compelled to tell twitter that the reason that moist didn't go to gamers aid wasn't because he supported noah oh man <laughs> he, he he made sure that everyone yeah. knew that Moist didn't go to Gamers 8 not because of supposedly uh, Saudi Arabia's like, uh, being anti-LGBT or something. You, you know what Cyrix needs to do? They need to hire Rise because that man is clear as day and he's, uh, there's nothing, there's no question marks left there. He makes everything clear and transparent. So maybe, <laughs> maybe Cyrix should hire him for some of their communication staffs or something department. That was weird. Transparency issues. He'll just leak was... the entirety of Cyrix's earnings of each, like, quarter and everything <laughs> you know why like he even tweeted that too i think it's because like a lot of people from saudi arabia were like upset at like noah's tweet because he was calling them like homophobic almost in a way or his country homophobic which like that's kind of just true yeah so almost. basically the context <laughs> of that was rise was awesome getting a lot of religion, hate but... for supposedly being supportive lgbt rights and so he yeah. defended himself by saying no we are actually <laughs> Not supporting LGBT. <laughs> no, like, it's not because of that. No, 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 it wasn't that. It wasn't yeah. that. We're not going to get into that. But yeah, basically, uh, all I'll say is, uh, you know, Derby, to get back to the Derby thing. Um, Plastic oat. I'll give uh, I'll give Derby credit in, like, although I don't like that he's uh, anti-NA because I'm from NA and he's, I think he's from NA from everything I know. But I give him, uh, I'll give him props for sticking with, like, Fury and the teams he weirdly gets behind, even though they're never North Americans. So... Props for that. It's kind of weird that he's not allowed to, like, you know, analyze the own team he likes. Like, you should be able to criticize your own team without getting called out. That's kind of weird. Like, I like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I criticize them all the time. It doesn't mean I'm not a Toronto Maple Leafs fan anymore. I've been a fan for, like, you know, my whole life. So, you should be able to criticize your team without getting called out for it. It doesn't really make sense. And, I mean, Jorby also, you know, called me the torment of CRL when I played in CRL. So, I can't really go against him. I, uh, I like the guy <laughs> overall. I like the guy overall. Uh, no, he's, he's a, a good caster too. He's a good caster too. Yeah, he's a fun he's a caster. Um, he also asked me the weirdest interview talent. questions, or he asked some of the weirdest interview questions, but it oh, is yeah? what it is. Yep. 
I remember like when yes. I was on the serial broadcast or stuff, he'd like not about Rock League, he'd ask me about like Thanksgiving dinner or he'd ask me about like what I ate for that night or he'd ask me like what position do you play in hockey? Those are good uh, questions. I mean, it's like you're having like a casual conversation, not really an interview about the game you just played. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, that's funny. Uh, so he got is that is that why Rise Rise uh, tweeted it because he like criticized Furia or something? Is that why? I like, is that, think is that so, why? I bet the not even sure. <laughs> Rise called him out because he criticized a team he claimed to follow, just like he oh. did abandon Misfits or whatever after he chose to like them. It's like. Well, you're not allowed to criticize Furia when you claim to support them or something. It was a weird angle. I think it was just a weird angle overall by Rise. Like, is Plastic Oat a different way of saying, like, a fake fan? Like Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, Plastic Oat means fakest fan. Like, yeah. Plastic as in, like, fake, and then Oat as in of all time. So it means, like, fakest of all time, almost. With, like, yeah, you just call him a fake fan because you criticize Furia and how they played and stuff. And it's like that... Just because you criticize your team doesn't mean you're not a fan of them. Like, that's a little bit of a ridiculous yeah. take. Oh, energy fans would know that very well. Energy <laughs> is the weirdest <laughs> fan base I've ever seen. I don't, they went from being one of the most intolerable, like, passionate fan bases to, like... I mean, I, I still think energy should make a roster change, but I think the amount of hate energy players are getting is a little ridiculous. I feel for them in that regard. But yeah. It's, it's crazy. Energy fans are weird. <laughs> Yeah, the energy players they got slammed mostly by energy fans quote unquote <laughs> but all right so that yeah. summarizes the cringe tweets section of our podcast uh i'll give the mic back to you Gib. i was gonna say yeah that's our uh that's the first episode of the afterburn podcast hope uh, everyone enjoyed we're gonna be on uh hopefully a lot of uh media platforms and stuff we'll have that more ironed out by episode two but uh yeah hope you enjoyed it and we'll we plan to do them like once a week give or take every sunday so yeah feel free for topic suggestions as well yeah and if you made it this far thanks for listening <laughs> 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 but we'll see you see the fans later peace